Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor. Well, this is a show all about the writing process from creation to publication. And here's where you can find inspiration, ideas, and meet the people behind the stories you read. We bring life to books. And remember, if you have a question, be sure to share it in the comments and we'll do our best to get back to you in the next few days. And today, my guest is a proud fisherman's daughter, born and raised on Change Islands, Newfoundland and Labrador. Well, after 25 years in Ontario, she did what a lot of good Newfoundlanders do. She moved back home and she now resides in Lewisport, Newfoundland, where she is a full-time writer. And her published works include a book of poetry, three novels, and a collection of short stories, and most recently, a novella. Hmm. So she's busy when she says she's writing. She's actually writing. And more than that, one of her books is going to the moon. <laughs> and joining me now is Carolyn R. Parsons. And Carolyn, welcome to Let's Get Writing. Thank you. I feel like I'm ready to launch to the moon with all this gear. I've got all the equipment. I know we were fooling around. You know, when you get to see a show out there, there's a bit of techie stuff that happens uh, behind the scenes when we get set up, but we get there. We eventually get, we there. get there. Yeah, we do. Yeah, here we are. So, Carolyn, I think uh, let's start with what's most intriguing and uh, tell me about this about your writing that's actually going to the moon. What's that all about? Oh, yes. So <laughs> it's a fun project. Um, I happened upon it just from, you know, being engaged on social media and participating in a lot of writers groups. And uh, I'm particularly involved in a independent writers group um, that because I do have some projects that are coming up that I, you know, I plan to do um, independently. I don't plan on going the traditional publisher route just because I, I there's some freedom about that that I like and mm -hmm. the kind of projects they are. Um, so I was very engaged in some of those groups and uh, one of the authors in one of those groups, the, the host of the group actually, um, had purchased space on a um, lander that is going to the moon on a moon mission. And uh, she purchased it originally for her own body of work. She's got a significant number of novels and um, decided we've got lots of space on this thing. I think I'm going to invite some other writers along and make it a, you know, time capsule of uh, independent uh, authors uh, and their work going, you know, into space, <laughs> into the moons. And so it's a time capsule, basically, a writers on the moon time capsule. So I applied, mm -hmm. uh, there was a call, and they were going to take 50 authors. And I applied and I won. I won a spot on the uh, on the mission. How so exciting. My, 
it was very exciting, very exciting. I saw it and uh, saw the call and I went, I have to try, you know, you can't lose. And uh, so it ended up, she expanded it. 125 um, authors are uh, actual writers on the moon, payload people. Uh, we are on the manifest as having um, a spot in, in the file. But then some of us included other people. I have three, uh, the works of three other authors included in mine, but some people had lots of time and they included uh, a whole lot more. Um, I believe there are somewhere around 40 Canadians that are, uh, have a spot, uh, in some fashion. And, uh, but I, as far as I know, I'm the only one from this province. Oh, well, we're happy to be represented. So thank you for doing that and taking <laughs> it on. So conceivably this writing goes up to the moon and maybe someday someone finds the time capsule and gets a glimpse at what we were doing. Is that basically the outcome for this? Yes. Uh, I think, um, you know, Susan um, K. Quinn is the author that organized all of organized writers on the moon. And she has an interesting story. First of all, she's, um, uh, she's a scientist by trade. Uh, she has a PhD in, in, I don't know if it's astrophysics or engine astro, some kind of thing. I don't know what Something it is. We don't know. What it was called. I wouldn't <laughs> know what it was. And so she had worked in that field and so does her husband. And, um, her father actually worked on the Apollo missions in some capacity, worked on the engines, I believe. And so she has a connection to that industry. And so when she decided to do this, it was about, uh, I think, sort of connecting her two loves, right? Because she is now a science fiction writer. And uh, so uh, the art and the science, you know, uh, go together so much more than people realize. And, uh, uh, so this way, and this year, last year and this year have been particularly difficult uh, for most people in this on the planet. And so she wanted to show, I guess, what artists were doing, what writers were doing during this period of time, which will be historically relevant, and uh, that we are resilient and that we were still making art and that we were still writing our stories and that a lot of them are full of optimism and hope and um, you know, we were just still creating despite all the turmoil around us. So she wanted to have that sort of snapshot saved. And uh, it, so it will go to a moon in, in digital format, but there will be a earth presence as well, because she will have a website that will feature uh, the 125 of us that uh, uh, won a spot on her uh, mission. And there gonna, it is. Yeah. yeah. I just thought I I'd add that up there. Manifest 40. Like I said, yeah. there's 125 of us and I was number 40. So manifest 40. Uh, when you go to the website, writers on the moon, it will have a web story talking about my, you know, uh, part of it and, um, and about the whole mission in general. And uh, yeah, it's very exciting. The launch will take place later in the year. Um, the, I follow on Twitter, the rocket ship is called the Vul uh, Vulcan Centaur and the lander that will actually take our um, time capsule to the moon is called the Peregrine. So it's the Peregrine lander. So it's wow. very exciting. Um, you know, there's going to be merch sold by this company that built the lander and, you know, you can get your uh, official patch from from that so it's, it's very exciting and uh, i watched the moon landing with my uncle when i was just um 
a wee little girl. I do not remember it, but my uncle decided that I should watch it. He was going to watch it anyway, and he was babysitting. And, um, yeah, he thought it'd be really good to be able to tell us that we did watch it, even though we may not remember it. And uh, so I know I've seen it, and uh, yeah, and it's I always think, been a story. Yeah. yeah, I think I also saw that moon that moon landing, but, you know, back then, the old, big old Zenith TV, black and right. white in the basement, mm-hmm. you know, and you say, okay, I think I can make something out. But, um, but that's so, so exciting. And uh, maybe when the time comes this fall, when everything is launching and so on, you'll be having a little celebration of some kind if you can. Absolutely. And you can follow the, um, the writers on the moon dot, Com mm-hmm. is the website and you can follow things there's a, a newsletter a blog and as things unfold uh, you know there there are um videos and photos of of our the moon box is what what everything's going to be in uh being loaded onto the lander the landers travel to uh the launch site and as the rocket is prepared and things like that so as we get video and information it'll be shared there and eventually we will all be watching the launch together um, which I believe will be taking place out of Cape Canaveral. And it's a very special mission because it's the first commercial mission that has gone to the moon in the, in the sense that these are private companies uh, creating uh, and making this happen. NASA, NASA is involved, but as a commercial passenger, uh, more so mm-hmm. than as, as being the um, facilitator of the project. So it's a, very interesting venture in a lot of ways. There's so many pieces to it, but I'm really excited that uh, a bunch of writers are going to have a mini library uh, on the moon and that my books will be a part of that. I have one book featured, my most recent one, but I actually sent my entire... Uh, body of work and my family tree. So Catherine, your name will be on the moon too, because you're in that family. I am in that family tree. Here we go again. There you go. (laughs) They they say that, uh, that things run in families, you know, you know, so obviously writing must run in our family. Um, I know certainly my mother was a lot involved with it and, uh, I guess it's in our blood. What can you say? It is. Hmm. It is. So wherever you are on earth, then you'll be able to look at the moon and say, uh, my name is on the moon. Uh, it was written in the family tree, which I keep. I had already had it, not a whim. I said, I'm sending everybody in my family to the moon. Interesting. So, and our, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to have that connection. Well, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and bravo to you. And I just brought up your, your book that you mentioned that's part of the package going to the moon, The Forbidden Dreams sure. of Betsy Elliott. And um, of course, I read that book. It was a very enjoyable read. And you know, Carolyn, so many of your books link back to Newfoundland, your poetry. Um, you've got one book, too. I'm just uh, the moon, Dark Moon Tickle, I believe. Rare Moon Tickle. Rare Moon, t- rare moon Tickle. Moon tickle. Um, Which is interesting. My first book was about, you know, very the moon featured very prominently in it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe you had, so, maybe you knew something then that you didn't re- I don't realize know. that you knew. <laughs> But, um, well, very, very exciting. And so with, with your writing, now you've recently done something a little bit different, not, not the same thing that you've always been doing with your, your full-length books. You have written a novella, and it yes. is not based in Newfoundland at all. I'll <laughs> just bring that up. The Key of Impasto. 
Sounds like yeah. a yeah. A dish. It, it, it says <laughs> coming soon, but it's actually out. It was released on the second, so this is the so two days ago. My I need to get my graphics updated. Two days ago, uh, it was launched through it, but in ebook. It is coming out in paperback very soon um, by Engine Books here in the province, and it's part of a series. So they have a series that they've been running. I think this book is book eleven. And every three weeks, they uh, release an episode. And it's a multi-author project. So um, they have a pen name plus whoever writes the novel or the novella. And uh, it was uh, a really, <laughs> it was quite a diversion for me because, first of all, um, I was invited to write it, asked if I would be interested in doing an episode. And I thought, Okay, I'll think about this. And then I thought, yeah, I'll do something different and see how it goes. And it's only 25 to 30,000 words. You know, how could, hard could that be? Well, it was the most challenging writing project I'd ever done because when you're used to writing books that are full-length novels, you have a lot of time to do the arc and tell the story. And when it's compressed, it's like, okay, so where does where are things supposed to happen? Like you sort of develop a muscle for knowing where the action should be. And so I was cutting things out because I have to get to it faster. It took me quite a while to get a handle on what I was doing. Plus it's YA. So you have to watch the language. Yeah, <laughs> you have to watch, YA for you know, Which yeah, is young, young adult. adult. Yeah, for people yeah, who might not know. A young adult yeah. for people who aren't, you know, people think of young adult being 20s, but it actually goes down. Teenagers watch uh, and read uh, YA books and, and upward. My grandson is 10 and he will read this. Like this is, you know, uh, the the heroine of the story is Cassidy Kane. And what happens is she goes from into different worlds, into through portals into different worlds. And she's an archaeologist. So she brings back um, artifacts that will help us in our world uh, to some degree, or hopefully will. Um, but in my episode, I decided to make it a little bit more difficult for myself. <laughs> she actually is escorting someone who is in this world back and helping them uh, resolve a problem that has occurred and the reason they left their world and sort Ooh. of escaped and then go back. So it's a, a whole science fiction thing that involves uh, not time travel, but... Uh, um, you know, jumping through into a different world, mm -hmm. a, a portal here on this planet into a different world. And um, it involves uh, what I call reductivity, where it's similar to the Doctor Who TARDIS thing, where it's, you know, bigger on the inside. Uh, that sort of science fiction happens. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So it was fun to write. And, uh, you know, people are just reading it now. So we'll see how I did in my first foray into sci-fi why adult <laughs> well, it's, it's on my kindle i'm sure we'll be talking about it and, and the feedback i'm getting so far is that people seem to enjoy it you know mm -hmm. it, it was fun it was a lot of fun to write uh the characters very um i don't know it's a different character she's spunky and and smarty you know a bit of a wisecracker you know she's she's just good character fun to fun to deal with and uh but yeah, it's adventure. So you have to be fast. You have to have that energy mm -hmm. and move it. You know, it has to keep going. Kids don't, well, they I don't have time say. for, uh, young people don't have time to uh, read long exposition. They want action and, and movement. So there's a lot of that. Yep. Nice. And it was fun to write. And really good practice, you know, stretched my writing chops quite a bit. 
Well, you know, that's the one thing I always find about you, Carolyn. Every time I talk to you, you're always stretching your chops and you're always jumping in and willing and interested to do different things. And how do you think that attitude shapes you as a writer? Um, I think the thing that I like about writing is that uh, you you never stop learning. You never start stop finding ways to improve the craft. And I don't care how good you are at it or how long you've been at it. There's always something new to learn. And, you know, writing a 60,000 word novel or a 90,000 word novel is, is completely different than writing a 25,000, 30,000 word novella in, like I said, the story arc is completely different. And so it was very helpful to me, first of all, to get a sense of how that unfolds, but it also solidified that there is a story arc that, that it has to do that very um, determined, you know, you tell a story, it has a beginning, it has some action and it resolves. Um, and to do that with someone else's character that mm. had already had 10 episodes in advance of mine was quite a challenge because you want to stay true to her. Um, and I don't know if I did because I hadn't read all of it. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> and was really, Carol I didn't have Caroline. time, so you're kind of winging it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, but I had read some, so I, mm -hmm. I had a good sense of her. Uh, but, of course, she's going to grow and change a little bit too, right? So mm -hmm. um, I, I do sometimes take on these things deliberately. I do. I, I am now, like, doing courses and, and just um, – trying to learn the marketing piece a little better and for specifically for online marketing, just because it's a piece that I don't really have a good grasp of. I have an idea, but I'd like to have a, mm -hmm. a so there's always something to learn. My background is more marketing and communication, but of course books are communication, right? Art right. Communication. They are. And again, something and, that uh, we, we again share is we yes, both worked in marketing both, and communication. We both work in marketing, yeah. communication, broadcast, uh, yeah. writing, we've yeah we've lived parallel lives in some ways and um i enjoy that piece of it i i really enjoy learning the new thing and applying it and seeing if it works and uh but it's a little bit of a risk too you know you take your time away from the thing that people expect you to do and then you put something out there that it's a completely different audience and mm -hmm. so you, you but you know you take chances and uh and uh, it, this works well with my next project because I am working on a YA project that is different, but it is a time travel project. So uh, I like writing for that audience. Now I'm getting, you know, my teens are about to leave the house. The last of my four children are about, you know, one is leaving this year and then two more years and the, the, the final one will leave. And now I'm starting to write for teenagers. So figure it out. I don't know what's wrong. With I don't me. know. I think you missed the boat on that <laughs> one. But maybe, say, I, maybe I should do some therapy on that. Because maybe <laughs> you will finally have time. Time is a, is a big thing when you're managing a family and quite often other outside work, contracts and so on. And then and still finding time to write. But you do that better than most people I know. You're very I, dedicated. I have... I have, you know, it's a discipline. It is. And I, I do fall off that wagon sometimes, but then I, I am really pretty good at launching myself back on it. Um, you know, in recent weeks, I have, when the last, even the last few days, I have, you know, written probably close to 10,000 words mm -hmm. of the next series. And today I've closed in on a thousand. And this is my day off. It's like, you know, I, I really try to write every day when I'm working on a project. Mm -hmm. But in between projects, I don't get too obsessive about, oh, I'm not writing today. I'll never write again. I think that takes 
some time for writers to do, realize and trust that they will write again if mm -hmm. they take a break. Um, because, you know, right at the beginning, everybody's like, you have to write every day, you have to write every day, because if you don't, you won't write. And so you believe that, you do that, and then you get burnt out. And then you realize, if I take a day off, it means nothing. I will write the next day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it you have to know yourself. And yeah. you have to, but you have to do your writing before you do anything else. I truly believe that, that you need to get up, block that time, make that appointment as if you were going to the dentist or the hair salon. I'm going to write for one hour today or two hours today. And you have to sit and do it. Mm -hmm. And you have to treat that appointment as if you were going to the dentist and you have a chronic, you know, toothache and you have to sit there and take the medicine for it. Like that's, that's how I treat it when I'm writing. And so I will, you know, get up in the morning and have a coffee. I allow myself an hour before I start, but I don't do anything else. Like I don't get into any projects of any other kind. Right. Focused. Um, it just takes me an hour to wake up because I'm a slow waker. <laughs> and then I go sit down and I, I'm there. Right. And uh, when the kids are in school in particular that, you know, I'm there, they're work even when they're working here at the house now, it's all the same. I get up when they get up and when they start school, I start writing. It becomes a discipline. So, and I think a, a commitment to do it. And I've heard that from many other authors that they, they and, set and, the time and they show up. Yeah. And I, you know, there's some other parts that go along with writing, especially if you do some independent projects, which my next one will be um, there. Well, we'll see. I don't know what's going to come first, the independent project or the publish. I, I have another one out to be published with the publisher too, but that's not till next year. So it depends on how fast I go. But, you know, with that, there's marketing. So mm -hmm. what I'm doing is writing in the morning and spending my afternoons um, working on the marketing, which involves some courses and upbuilding a list because the next book is going to be under a pen name because so I don't want to confuse the readers. I think that right. was the biggest part with this one. The key of Impasto is it's such a diversion and people are used to Carolyn R. Parsons, you know, historical mm -hmm. fiction. Uh, I don't think it's a big problem, but I'm going to start a pen name for the series that I'm writing because it's four books and they're not going to be, they'll probably be set in Newfoundland, but they're not going to be Newfoundland centric. Right. They will be just incidentally, this is where they live, just like Stephen King's books are all set in Maine because that's where he lives. Right. But they could happen anywhere. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm going right now with what my next. It is project. interesting because you have published with traditional publishing houses. You've done some on your own. And, you know, so you do see both sides of that. But I think what I'm hearing from you is that regardless, the marketing and what you're developing is, is important either way. Um, the <laughs> it's nobody is going to believe in your, your work and your project. Like you are, if you are not the main, you know, cheerleader for your project, your work, your book, whatever it is, um, then nobody else is going to pick up that it, whether it's getting it to a publisher, you have to be able to pitch that to a publisher and say, this is like the best thing that you could possibly publish right now. If you're going independent, you have to tell the world that. So either way, you're the person who has to, um, you know, sell your story and stories are meant to be shared. They're not meant to sit in drawers and, and be hidden away on Amazon. Nobody reads them. They are meant to be seen. And so, and writers are meant to be paid. 
they're meant to earn money. They're not meant to starve to death in a garret in Paris. So that, maybe that's authors. But anyway, <laughs> maybe that's artists. But anyway, the starving artist thing, you know, is is completely unnecessary. Uh, just because someone makes money at their art doesn't make them any less of an artist. I think that's a story that's been told um, by by artists who aren't doing as well, maybe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it is okay to earn. So some projects lend themselves well to traditional publishers and some projects lend themselves well to independent publishing. It all depends on what your goals are and uh, what your project is. Mm -hmm. And so I found pluses and minus for each. I love the control of independent publishing. I love that I choose the um, book cover. I write the blurb. I I hear the editor. I can do all of that. I don't like the fact that I have to pay for all that. But then why wouldn't I pay for all that if I believe in my project, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's an investment. So I could ask a publisher to invest or I can do it myself and, and do my own marketing. So, But some projects do lend themselves better to, to the independent marketing mm -hmm. world. And uh, some are better for a traditional publisher. But of course, it's, it's hard to find a traditional publisher as well. So, And to get your work turned around and out there because they yeah. are on schedules and, 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 and it's bottom line. When right. they take on someone, they have to make sure that that's going to be a project that they feel they can be behind and make money. I fully the first book of this series that I just started that's about not maybe a fifth of the way done to be in the hands of readers in three or four months yeah that's, big difference. You do that and the the traditional no novel that's coming out that I have a contract signed for is coming out in April of 2022 mm -hmm. big difference. so yes yes and you know submitted it a few months back and and you know they liked it and they they committed to it but it's a year out because mm -hmm. they've already done their publishing um, schedule for 2021 so yep. it's a year yep. so that's okay though uh, because I have multiple projects on the go right. and that's another thing that writers really need to realize is keep writing like you throw a book out there don't stop start another one get at another one mm -hmm. Just get the next big idea out there um, and, and start working on it. I've got two projects going right now. Absolutely. One that I will uh, send to a traditional publisher and, and the rest will be independent yeah. right now. So, and, and I do think Carolyn, as we just draw to a close here that you've shared a lot of wonderful points and you're such a good example of a, of a writer in action who doesn't stop and doesn't stop exploring possibility and opportunity. And, and um, if anyone out there is is wondering how to begin, you know, you can check Carolyn out. Um, here's yep. her website. <laughs> she's, Message me. I'm always yeah. talking to writers. Yeah. And she's very approachable. She's very active on the Writers Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador. She's a rep, I am rep the there. Central Buren Bonavista rep. But mm -hmm. I don't care where you live if you want to know about uh, where to go with your book or what your, your project is or how to approach a publisher or anything like that. Just um, send me a message on Facebook, Carolyn R. Parsons on Facebook, and, and I, will I will talk to you. And I know you will. And you're, I will. I chat and you're, talking you all the time. To, you're talking to me here and to all the people who are going to watch this. And I very much want to thank you for your 
for your time and all the things you shared and wish you all the best on your, your moon Thank trip you. this fall. Yay. Yeah. Let's hope, you know, things can go wrong, but I'm, I'm being optimistic that, you know, we'll make it to the moon again and uh, we've done it before and we'll do it again. And uh, you'll but, be uh, there. Yeah. I'll be able to look at the moon and I know the spot. It's, you know, uh, Lacus Mortis, the Lake of the Dead. I'm not sure that's a good thing, but that's where, she, that's where it's going, just north of where Apollo 11 landed. Oh, so. Sounds artistic. Well, thank you so much. And again, to everyone, if you'd like to see more of the Let's Get Writing shows, they are available on YouTube at Katherine Taylor TV. And thank you so much for joining us today. And Carolyn as well, thank you for your time and all the thank information you shared. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.